and the preacher was almost late. God bless you. Good to see you this morning. Good morning. morning. That's much better. Happy Father's Day to all you wonderful daddies out there. We don't get uh, the recognition like the mothers do on Mother's Day. We usually get socks or underwear, and uh, the ladies get roses and a nice dinner. Maybe you guys might be taken out to dinner today or lunch today, and I'm just thankful for those of you that still have your fathers here. I, I'm thankful for that for you. And those of us that have, our uh, father is already gone, uh, I pray for you as well, but I pray that you had a, a great dad like I have in my life, and I'm so thankful to the Lord for that. I heard of a mother who left her room at the maternity ward. She left her room to go down to the nursery to see her baby, of course. While she got down there, she noticed that her husband was standing over the crib looking at the newborn baby. She was truly impressed by it. She could just tell that he was captivated by the beauty of their little baby laying there in the crib. So she quietly snuck up behind him and put her arm around him and said, Honey, tell me, what do you think? What are you thinking about? To which he simply said, I'm just wondering... And I can't quite understand how it is that they're able to make a crib like this for $89.95. Well, that one didn't work too good. Let's try this one. (laughs) A young boy came to Sunday school late one Sunday, and his teacher knew that he was normally prompt and everything, and so she asked, is everything all right? He said, yeah, everything was good. Uh, was there any problems? No, there was no problems at all. But, uh, um, you know, well, uh, I was going to go fishing, but my dad told me I had to come to church. Oh, said the teacher. She was really impressed by that. And she said, well, you're, so I guess your father explained to you why you needed to go to church instead of going fishing. And he said, yes, ma'am, he sure did. He told me he didn't have enough bait for both of us. I think sometimes fathers might be like that. I pray that that's not you. You know, in our day of commitment, um, if it's not convenient, we just ditch it. That's kind of where our society is today. We do that with our used cars, and we even often do that with our families. It's not convenient. We even do it through multiple ways in our life, and it's a sad thing to see, but as those of us that are Christians, we are in our commitment to Jesus Christ, and in that commitment, it is, it is not a matter of convenience, and it's a matter of this loyalty. It's a matter of this decision to follow Him, no matter what the situation might be in our life, because all of us have the ups and downs and the ins and outs of life, there is no doubt. Statistics have proven out that um, a father in the family is valuable. Of course, the Bible teaches that, but yet the society somehow tries to catch up by telling us that. But statistics prove that, that if a boy has a father that loves his mother with a great love, when that boy grows up, he has more of a tendency to love his wife in a godly manner. And we go, wow. You see, the breakdown of the family starts really with the father, I believe. And it's sad, but it's true, and we all know that. 
Statistics also show us that those fathers that are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ and loves the mother, it is that the son will grow up or the children will grow up and they too will have a commitment to the Lord at a much higher rate. So it is important that we're here. It is important that we serve the Lord in what we do. And I pray that that is the case for you in your life and your dedication. It's not that you just come like on an Easter or a Christmas or it is even on a Father's Day, kind of expected to be there. But it's an everyday event for your life. It's the commitment that you show your children, your family, your friends, how committed you really are to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to give us three things today to take with us so we can get out of here a little bit early today and go have lunch and enjoy our afternoon together with family. I want to give you three things of how you can show your child how it is that you are truly committed to the Lord Jesus Christ, and they can be too. Because what we pass to our children, all the things that we give to our children and show our children and store up for our children, those things might be okay. Most of them are. But the most important thing is to show them the Lord, is to teach them about this one called Jesus the Christ. Now, on Father's Day, when we think of Father's Day, we normally think of our earthly fathers, which is normal. But what about our Heavenly Father? Have you taken the time today to say to your Heavenly Father, Happy Father's Day? You ever think about that? For truly, the greatest Father we have is our Heavenly Father, for He has given us everything that we need. He gives us salvation. He gives us redemption. He gives us the promise of eternal life. May we always praise him first, not only on Father's Day, but every day, to know that we are so blessed to have God as our heavenly Father. Wow. To think that he would adopt us into his family that he would do all the things that he's done for us so that we could be called children of God. And that's what we are, children of God. Let's take time to thank him today. Father God, we thank you so much for today. You know, on our calendars, we've marked down some time long ago that maybe to sell some cards or to sell another dinner or a present, Father's Day. And so we go all out. But Father, may we just pause and always remember that we have a heavenly Father in you. That we love you, Father. That you've done more for us than we could ever do for ourselves. And you are the perfect example. You are the perfect example for our lives. You are the perfect teacher. And that if we will imitate you according to Ephesians 5, that we are to be imitators of Christ. If we will just do that in our lives, be just imitators of Christ. We'll be able to close our eyes in the end and simply say we've done our part to show the real world, our world, what Heavenly Father really looks like. Forgive us when we fail, Father, because all of us do. May you bless this message today and for all those that hear. Thank you so much for loving us so much. To allow us to be called your children. Thank you.
Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Give you three things today. First one, of course, is the example. Are you an example, a true example that your children need to follow? In fact, if it was just you to lead the world, would they follow your example? And if they followed your example, what would it look like? What would our world look like if everybody followed you? What would it be that they would see? What would it be that they would want to become in their lives? You see, you cannot pretend on a Sunday to love God and then somehow go home, hang your suit up in the closet, or maybe it's shorts and flip-flops and tank tops these days, but you can't just do that and pretend like it's that's a Sunday thing and this is a weekday thing. What example do we really set for our children? You see, they need to see that we are committed to Christ and all that He has done for us just as much as they see in us our commitment to the golf game or the sports or the other activities that we might have in our own lives. So how do you tell your children that you are committed to Christ? We tell our children that we're committed to Christ by what we say and what we do in front of them. So what are you doing and what are you saying in front of your children? In the book of Joshua, of course, and Joshua makes the statement here, and I love this, this writing here. Joshua's a powerful man of God, and he makes this declaration, and he stands before all the people, and he's not, he's not embarrassed to make the statement at all. And he simply says this, but if you, if you serve, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, if you think about that, the world tries to teach us that God is undesirable. Did you know that? It tries to teach us to go for the gusto. This will make you better. This will be good. This will make you stronger. This is what you need. These are the things that you need. And they'll produce program after program to try try to lead us to things away from God, not to God. And so here he's saying, if it seems, if this Lord seems undesirable to you, I don't have time for him in my life. Then you choose for yourselves this day who you're going to serve. He's telling us, and he's, he's preaching even today, if you will, from the heavens, and he's saying, who are you going to serve today? Who is it? So you go ahead and serve the little gods that you want to with the little G's. You go ahead and serve those gods. But I want to tell you something, and I want everybody else to hear it. He's saying, I want all here to hear it. That as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do your children know that? Do your neighbors know that your children know that? Are you the example? Joshua was telling his people and his family, look, God is the center of who I am and what I am, and it's going to be that way, period. Like it or leave it, that's where I stand. And I love his courageousness to be able to stand before God's people. I think that's why God told him three times in one little passage of Scripture, be strong and courageous. And he was. Joshua was a true champion of champions. Oh, we look at the LeBron Jameses and we look at the others in sports and we might say, wow, look at those champions. Oh, he didn't win this year, did he? (laughs) Joshua was a true champion. The great cloud of witnesses that's talked about in the New Testament, 
champions, 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 champions. Perhaps your mom or your grandma or your grandpa, somebody that you know, champions. Anybody have one in your family? Just a champion for the Lord. Anybody? 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 I sure hope so. I can name several. I often tell you about the ones that that weren't the example of my life. My grandfathers never met them. Both left their families, walked out on the kids. I tell you that. I can tell you about my daddy. He never walked out. And my, my daddy made sure that we knew the Lord, even though he couldn't read. He'd say, Mama, get the Bible out. We need a reading here. He knew that the word was the truth. Champion. I thought for years my next door neighbor, Mr. Boom, was my champion. Mr. Boom was the type of guy that would do anything with you and for you. He played catch with me all the time, showed me certain moves that, that others didn't even, didn't even know existed in baseball and all the things. He taught me that I could be a, a swimmer and he taught me, he took me to the, he took me up north in Michigan to on a, on a camping trip with my brother and some other kids and they, this Mr. Boom was the greatest guy that a neighbor, he was the greatest neighbor anybody could have. Let me go swimming in his swimming pool when I asked. Sometimes when he didn't ask, but we would do that. And he was just a wonderful guy. And I just looked up to him, and I just thought he was the greatest. And my brother told me one day, he said, Lloyd, you're hurting Dad. Because all you talk about is Mr. Boom. And my brother was right once again. And I apologized And my days spent with Mr. Boom were less and less and less. And I'll tell you why. It's because there was never a Sunday when his car left to go to church. He was always at the pool, always at the golf course, always doing all these other things. But my daddy, it's time for church. My dad was a champion. And I'm thankful. Children are great imitators of their fathers. Give them something great to imitate. Bringing out the best in yourself can bring out the best in your children. And the best way to bring out the best in you is to follow Jesus Christ. It's the best. It's the best example of all. I believe that the greatest gift a parent can receive from their children is the gift of them following Jesus Christ. Why? Because as we get older, as we get older, we realize that someday this is all going to go away. But that's not. That's not. And someday will be eternity for all of us. Following the Lord makes a difference. Yes, I miss my daddy, but I know someday we'll be together forever. And to me, that is exciting. Be a good example. Be one worth following. Number two, to be a good teacher. I think we have about 40 teachers or educators that past, present, whatever in this congregation. We're blessed to have you. Teachers are important in our life. There's no greater teacher than you as a parent. That's just the truth. From the moment you bring little Johnny or Susie or Amelia into the world, you are their teacher. 
you are the one showing them something. In Proverbs chapter 15, it says, the tongue of the wise commends. It's one, commends what? The knowledge. But the mouth of the fools gush folly. One translation says, the mouths of fools pour out a flood of stupidity. It's what you say and how you say it and how you teach them about who it is that gave them to you and how that is important in your life. We used to sing, Kyle, we used to sing this song. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Anybody remember that in Sunday school? Anybody? Raise your hand. Who doesn't remember that? Larry Copeland went fishing that day. Um, oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, little mouth, what you say. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little mouth, what you say. Now, that's beautiful, isn't it? Some parents probably need to say it like this. Oh, be careful, big mouth, what you say. Oh, be careful, big mouth, what you say. For the children all around us are looking up to us. So be careful, big mouth, what you say. Now, we do laugh at that a little bit, and I think it's a little funny too. However, however, I know people that will act all churchy-churchy when church people are around. They act real churchy-churchy, but as soon as they're not around, they say some of the awfulest things in front of children. Listen to me. There are certain things children need to be guarded from. And those are the things that will cause dissension that Bob talked about in our class today and division and all those things and the ugly words and all the stuff. They're going to learn them fast enough. They're going to be out there. But they don't need to learn them from you. Jesus was so strict in this matter. Do you know what he said about it? You know how much he guarded little children? Well, in Matthew chapter 18, I believe it is, notice what he says here. And, and, and he just comes straight out and says, But if anyone causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, let me tell you what would be better for you. It would be better for you to have a millstone, a big rock, a big stone, an anchor tied around your neck and dropped into the midst of the sea. Am I clear enough? I can hear him saying. That's pretty clear, isn't it? To guard the hearts of those that are so innocent. Another problem with our world today. It is. We truly plant the seeds into the hearts of our children. There is no doubt and it can be the, the, the champion heart if we choose Christ. If we choose what is pure and what is right and what is noble and all those things. Proverbs 22 says, point your kids in the right direction. When they are old, they won't be lost. It's important to go in the right direction. If someone says, uh, how do I get to Oklahoma City? You could simply say, go that way. And you would be right. It's the right Direction. If someone said, if I want to go to Canada, how do I get there? You go that way, and you would be right. You wouldn't say, well, go that way. Well, you could get there, but it's going to be a long time before you get there. And that's what he's trying to impress upon us, is that we give them the directions. We show them, this is it. No, 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 come over here. 
you, you, you have these paintings or these drawings on your refrigerator. Those of us that are grandparents, raise your hand real quick. You have drawings from the two, three-year-old or whatever on your refrigerator. And it's a, supposed to be, our grandkids will send us pictures sometimes. And Autumn will usually say, this is supposed to be a horse. This is you and Nina. I'm like, huge. What's the deal here? But they always paint red hair on my beautiful bride. But when, when you, or if there's a picture there, and do you ever see the children, what do they do? They color outside of the lines, don't they? Do, do you send them a note back? I can't believe, Douglas, that you colored outside the lines. What in the world is wrong with you? What do you say? What do you tell them? Oh, that's so beautiful. I just love that. Now, if they're 22 years old and they send that to you, you might say, hey, we've got a problem here. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we, they might color outside of the lines, but they're still yours, and you've got to teach them. That's okay. You're doing better. And then what happens to that same child that colors outside the lines, and they think they've done a masterpiece, right? Just in a couple of years or maybe just months, they realize they're supposed to stay with inside the lines, so they're trying real hard. And you know what they normally do when they outside the line? Oh, I messed up. See it? So they're starting to learn. It's okay that you messed up. It's okay, sweetheart. We just do that. That's all. Oh, this is good. This is good. And we're to direct them gently with love. Point them in the right directions. It's important. Be a good teacher, for they're listening and they're watching. Number three, and we'll go eat. Be a good coach. I say this because I like to be a coach. Uh, uh, anybody like to be a coach? Anybody a coach at home when you're watching a game? I can do better than that. Anybody say that? My wife hears me say that a lot. She just laughs and usually goes outside. But nonetheless... For the, but we are to be good coaches. Dads, it is perfectly fine to let someone teach your child how to play baseball or football or dance class or music class. That's perfectly fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you need to watch them closely who is teaching them and coaching them spiritually in their spiritual arena of life. Ask any good coach and they will tell you, that it is much easier to coach a kid that doesn't know anything than it is that one that has been trained, coached in the wrong way. Why? It is because you have to somehow undo that. You have to uncoach them, unteach them. You have to somehow pull that out of them that becomes normal for them, and that does not normal to change something in their life because it's embedded within them. Who you allow to coach your children spiritually matters. Why? Why? That's a simple answer. Well, I'm going to let my kids just do what they want to do. And they're going to either find God or they're not going to find God. Are you kidding me? Think about what that statement is. I've had people tell me that. Why, why is this important? Because it's a life and death issue. 
That's why. Oh, don't wear your seatbelt. Don't even put it on. That's stupid. Go as fast as you want to. Go 100 right down Cash Road. Do whatever you want. doesn't matter. You teach him in all those other areas. But in the spiritual area, you would simply say something like that. This is a life and death issue. You need to understand this is about life and death. Now, the score at the end of the game determines whether or not you celebrate. That you celebrate and you get the trophy at the end of the season. Well, it used to be that way. You just get one now if you lose them all, but nonetheless. (laughs) And you become champions for season. And we know that's the right way. That's the way it's supposed to be. Oh, somebody's going to object to that one, but too bad. You either for God or you're against God. He doesn't say in the end, well, everybody gets in. You get in through Jesus Christ and Him alone. Period. If you teach them that they can be and teach them that you are a champion in the Lord, not that you're so good, but that you're following the Lord. If you teach them that, when this life is over, they can celebrate in eternity as well as a champion. That's a wonderful thing. A wonderful thing. I don't like to tell you the stories of my grandfathers, but it's the truth. I love to tell you the stories of my mother and my father because it's the truth. Because there's a celebration there. Proverbs 20, verse number 11, even a child is known by his actions, by whether his conduct is pure and right. How are they going to know what's pure and right? They learn that because you coach them that. Deuteronomy 11 says, teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. It's saying there is when you're around your children, just talk to them about who God is. And when you're on your trip somewhere, talk to them about how an awesome God is. When you get them up in the morning and it's real bright, sunny day, and maybe you've been camping even, you know, and you're frying a bacon on the campfire and it smells good, tell them, man, God has given us a beautiful morning today. Talk to them about when they lose the ball game on the way home. That's okay. Let me tell you about a story about a guy that lost, but in the end he won. And tell them one of the stories that's found in Scripture. When you lay them down at night, when you have your prayers with them, tell them a story. Tell them about how God did something in your life. They'll just listen and they'll learn. That's what he's saying there. How you doing with that in your life? It is vital that you coach your children correctly so that they too can become champions in Christ and for Christ. I've always wanted to visit the National Baseball Hall of Fame Museum in uh, Cooperstown, New York. And I always thought that would be really neat to go there. They say the greats are there. Uh, Babe Ruth, Willie Mays, Lou Gehrig, Ted Williams, Hank Aaron. I remember his 713th home run. Anybody remember that? That shows our age, doesn't it? I've met a few of the ones that are there. Joe Morgan and Johnny Bitch. Banger, Oklahoma. They're greats. They, they, they all love the game, of course. They all love the game, and they gave us something to cheer about. That's what they did. We cheered them on. But I was thinking about our spiritual eyes and how we cheer those on before us. And million, millions of people, perhaps, go to see these people, these Hall of Fame museums all over, about different areas. 
I found this scripture in the message translation, and it says this, and I like this. In your house, your heavenly dwelling, all your salvation wonders are on display in your trophy room. I thought that was so beautiful. You know, I'll, I'll never fulfill my childhood dream of making it to Cooperstown as a great player, of course. I wanted to do that. I won't, in this process, I know I probably won't even make it. There is a visit, and that's okay. I'm not sure that I even want to go now with all the hoopla stuff, but I think that's okay. But there is one trophy room that I don't plan to miss. And I mean that. And when I walk through those halls, I won't be looking at a plaque that tells me how good their base average was or their home runs were or or what their batting average was or how long they played the game. I'll be looking, but I won't be looking for that. I'll be looking for Jesus. I'll be looking for my dad. I'll be looking for my mom. I'll be looking for my brother that are already there because those are the champions that I want to see. Those are my champions. The champions of my life. Dads, teach them to be champions on the field. Teach them to do that. But whatever you do, don't fail to teach them about being champion in the Lord because someday they can walk the streets of gold with you And they can also see the beauty of God's trophy room. All before us. That's what may make you a true champion. It's to be the example that God's called you to be for your children. Imitate Christ. It's to be the teacher. Tell them and talk to them about the one that has done so much for you and will do so much for them. And be the coach. Cheer them on. Raise their hands up in victory in the end. That's a good life. And that's a good dad. Maybe today you have a prayer request, prayer concern. Maybe today you'd like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe today is the day that you want to be baptized. Maybe today is the day that you would like to place your membership. Maybe today is the day that you would like to just come forward and let us visit with you just a few minutes. Whatever your need is, we do this just for your convenience. We call it an invitation song. Hear the invitation of God. Right now, as together we stand and sing, you come.